opposite direction of sports. What musical had like uh, a group of people like dancing and then suddenly they fall into hell? Like it's an old musical and I'm blanking on it. Footloose? Don't look at me. I don't know. Oh, fuck. Wait, Footloose? Uh, Grease. Uh, Grease. Grease. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like it's like when I mean old, I mean like 40s old, 1940s old. Um, Reefer oh, Madness. Cats? Uh, yeah, probably cats. It's cats. You know, fe- felines was the unheard of 1940s uh, musical that Andrew Lloyd Webber ripped off. True story. Hack. Hack fraud. <laughs> the original musical based on Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. That's right. <laughs> All cats are jellical cats. We, we, we Because s- their jellical is just a, a someone else's for a dear, what was it? Dear, darling Little, but said by a small child. Yeah. I don't know. J- J- like a Irish. It was so long ago now, but like you have to have fucked up really bad if Jason Derulo is the best part of your movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave and I have been watching a YouTube channel that delves into musicals and like the behind the scenes and all of that. And that has been fascinating. <laughs> like it, it, I, I know more than I need to about Starlight Express. <laughs> Starlight Express um, is the roller skate one about a train, I believe, correct? Yeah. No joke, it is literally based off of Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> no, it really is. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber wanted to make a Thomas the Tank Engine musical. It fell through, so he ended up doing something completely different with it. And then he originally wanted it to be a very small, a much smaller musical, and then the spectacle people got a hold of it and said, no, we need like a giant fuck off bridge and roller skating ramps all over the place. And people need to get injured every single night while they try to do crazy rollerblading stunts. And this is going to have a weird like pop, like grunge future aesthetic, but also kind of seventies. Like it's weird. Like it sounds awesome. Starlight Express. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing looking, but it has baller. no substance. <laughs> uh, at some point last year, they ended the run of uh, Phantom of the Opera finally. After 35 wow. years. Wow. And uh, uh, the the meme uh, that I saw floating around that was my favorite is just was just like, whoever's in charge of the chandelier has the opportunity to do the funniest fucking thing on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were going to say, though, about so, Starlight. So, so, uh, the uh, so the funny part about the premise is you think like, oh, okay, uh, uh, it's future aesthetic. It looks all like grungy, yeah, apocalyptic. It's about ki- a kid playing with his toy trains. Everybody is a toy train. <laughs> That's the fucking premise. Yeah, it was an acid trip it was great. <laughs> and then, no joke, the um the production team. So you got all these uh, musical people who were who trained to roller skate for this because everybody has to fucking roller skate. And then they get to this staging area and there's three fucking levels that they have to skate across. So now they're like, oh, shit. This makes that showing of Xanadu I saw um, a lot less impressive. Yeah. That's the only other roller skating show I can think of. But someone did eat shit during that uh, play when I saw it. Someone fell because fucking (laughs) roller skates, man. It's the original Spider-Man musical. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, Starlight Express, they knew there was going to be accidents, so they had stage accidents. So it made it look... uh, So there would be moments in the play where an accident would occur, but it was staged. 
So it would make it seem like it's all part of the play. So if someone actually got into an accident, people would just think, oh, it's just part of the show. That sounds like gross negligence. Your Honor, I know people got hurt, but we tried to make a, a, a policy around it so people wouldn't get confused. There, there, <laughs> there was actually a point where um, the main, the lead and, uh, uh, and the other act and an actress were skating, and they were supposed to rollerblade down a second bridge, but the bridge was not there because guess what? The bridges move. <laughs> bridges and are- so he actually saved her, like stopped her, and skated off and fell like 30, 35 feet. No, it was 15 feet. 15? Oh, Still. I think it was 15 feet. Still. That's over and, a story. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically kept going after that, by the way. He fell 15 th- feet through an announcer's <laughs> table. Yeah. And through an announcer's table. But he kept going. And then when he bowed at the end, he, 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 blew, he, blew, out, he blew out his knee. knee. Jesus. Uh, welcome to Andrew Cook the Webersis. Um, <laughs> that might be a really weird uh, musical. You know what else is really weird, though? What? Dr. What uh, Satan! Today we're going to be covering Love Never Dies, and 45 minutes in, I'm going to shoot myself in the fucking face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I held you. <laughs> yeah. I, that's the only thing I know about Love Never Dies. Have, we, have we ever delved into... Okay. Maybe later on, but like, because I, I could talk about music. Surprisingly, musicals is one of those small things that I know quite a bit about. Yeah, let's do and, a musical. Uh, let's do a horror musical podcast. Jesus, <laughs> I feel like we should delve into it at some point. But for now, for now, we've talked too much about Starlight Express. Let's talk about Doctor Satan. Yeah, we yeah. hinted about this a little bit last episode, but Abysme, please, please inform us about the weird adventure we're about to go on. So the year was twenty twenty three. My very handsome co-host and I were recording an episode of the Jameson Tapes for Kazam. And in the middle, when we took our break, I'm just going through Reddit. and I'm on the, the Pulp subreddit where I find tons of awesome art. And then up pops a very particular issue of Weird Tales of a man in a very stereotypical red devil horn outfit with a skull on his table and the skull is on fire. He has a bunch of money in his hand and there's test tubes behind him. And the tagline says, Dr. Satan, the weirds, the the world's weirdest criminal. (laughs) I'm very baffled by this image. So I send it to Alan and we both kind of just crack up about that for a bit. Flash forward like four months. And we thought, you know what? I wonder if we, like, where is that? Oh shit, it's in the public domain. Yeah, let's read this. I will say that makes it. This is a sick ass costume. I kind of want to do this for Halloween. Oh, I or... love it. I love everything about this image. I don't know if the story is going to be good. I, I've looked a little bit into it, but I'm not going to say anything. But I'm, I'm just hoping to have a good time here. I've looked at this image a lot now, and I think the thing about it that is the best. There's a lot going on. Um, the, there's the flaming skull, there's the fact that he's counting money. I think the best thing about it is the look on his face. Yes! <laughs> I can't, I can't see it as anything, I can't see it as anything else, but like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> He's so weird, he doesn't even know what he's accomplishing anymore. <laughs> Why do I have all of this? He looks like he's biting his lower lip, like, oh, God. <laughs> like, his arch nemesis got brought in, and he has to give a fucking, like, monologue, and he's like, uh, uh, uh. 
Um, shit. Um, <laughs> he's in too deep to give up now. He's only just now rethinking this whole thing, and yet he knows he has to impress Bad Horse and get into the evil league of evil. So I mean, <laughs> the I'm noticing, which is cool, and I, I, I this might be a fun new chapter for us here in uh, Undercut Analysis because every, you know ever since the big thing earlier this year being the the drop of certain aspects of Mickey Mouse into the public domain which is a whole other thing that I don't want to get into too much right now because there's Disney is already trying to find litigation around that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, I want to look more into the, the weird and obscure stuff that's like hidden in the public domain that deserves more love. And so when Abysme pitched this idea, I was like, hell yeah, I want to talk about Dr. Satan. I want to know about <laughs> Dr. Satan. Um, I, this is- I had previously pitched an idea I still want to do where uh... – because the works are public domain, we try and find the worst Edgar Allan Poe story. <laughs> oh my god! I can I can tell you one that I think is a good candidate, but we could I I, I I'm fully down to explore the all, Poe's works and and among us decide what the worst Poe story is. Oh, dude. Okay. Speaking of, and I'll be very brief with this because we should get started. But it links to weird tales. Uh, I have a book of H.P. Lovecraft's letters. That he wrote oh, to like God. his friends and family. Oh shit! And and there's he was like prolific in writing yeah. letters. So we just know yeah. a shit ton about him because he would not shut up about himself. But in one of them, he's talking to one of his writer friends, and he's saying, "Yeah, no, I really need money this month." And the dude over at Weird Tales keeps telling me um, he'll only accept something with a certain word count. Blah 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 blah. I don't really want to do it, but yeah, I- I'll throw him Dagon and see what happens. He almost didn't send Dagon to Weird Tales. It was on a fucking whim. I was like, are you serious? Jesus. Anyway. On that note, um, I'm going to call it right now, uh, just for future reference, we get into this. I think the gold bug might be one of uh, Poe's worst stories, but mainly because it's kind of racist. But anyway, uh, let's talk about weird. Let's talk about this. So this actually comes from... Uh, volume 26, number two of Weird Tales from August 1935. That's yeah. friggin' cool already. Yeah. So, yeah. Are we ready to this, talk about Dr. Satan? Let's do this. Dr. Satan by Paul Ernst. Yes. The world's weirdest criminal and strangest detective come face to face. A thrilling, fascinating, and utterly different mystery story. They're really hyping this up. I love it. <laughs> the weirdest criminal and the strangest detective. Who's pitching this? Yeah, these two freaks they meet, and I, I got a story about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, they say, keep up the hope, everyone out there. They say you'll never meet the one. Now, this is, it'll be interesting to see how this is written, because we're going to have to, like, take lines of dialogue with a paragraph, maybe. But we'll see. That's All fine. right. Part one, the the death shrub. Business was being done as usual in the big outer office of the Ryan Importing Company. Calls came over the switchboard for various department heads. Men and girls bent over desks, reading and checking order blanks, typewriting, performing the thousand and one duties of big business. (laughs) (laughs) I like that they say men and girls. Girls. (laughs) Not women, girls. The Ryan Importing Company, does that have anything to do with Andrew Ryan? Oh, I was no. thinking that. It is in the 30s. So, mm. Yeah. I, the, I think the, whoever made that uh, Bioware might be. No, wait, did they make Bioshock? Who made Bioshock? N- that was. No. Uh, oh, it's 2K. Uh, was, yeah, it was 2K, 2K games. Yeah, 2K. Well, 2K, I think, is familiar with Dr. Satan. 
Just saying. Uh, 2K later irrational games. Mm. Yet over the office hung a hush, more sense than unconsciously felt. Typewriters seemed to make less than their normal clatter or chatter. Sorry. Employees talked in low tones when they had something to communicate to one another. The office boy showed a tendency to tiptoe when he carried a fresh batch of mail in from the anteroom. Anteroom. The girl at the switchboard pulled a plug as a call from the secretary of the big boss, Arthur B. Ryan, was concluded. Hmm. Uh, The office boy looked inquiringly at her as he passed. How's the old man? He asked her. The girl shook her head a little. I guess he's worse. That last call was important, and he wouldn't take it himself. He had Gladys take it for him. What's the matter with him anyway? Anyhow, a headache, said the girl. That all? I thought... Oh, is that all? I thought from the way everybody was acting like this was a morgue and he was dying or something. (laughs) I can't help but talk like this. Uh, That's fair. (laughs) This is the 30s. There's switchboards. I guess this is something special in the way of headaches, the switchboard girl retorted smoothing down the blonde locks at the back of her head. And it came up awful sudden. He walked past here at nine two hours ago and grinned at me like he felt great. Then at ten, he phoned down to the building drugstore for some aspirin. Now he won't take a call from the head of one of the biggest companies in the city. I guess he feels terrible. A headache, snorted the office boy. Well, why don't he go to see a doctor? I put the recall for Dr. Swanson on the top floor of the building ten minutes ago. He was busy with an appointment, but he said he'd be down soon. A headache, shrugged the boy again. And he can't take it? Wonder what he'd do if he got something serious that... Uh, wonder what he'd do if he got something serious the matter with him. Wow. <laughs> the colloquialisms here. I yeah. love it. He swaggered on, and the hush seemed to deepen over the office. Uh, pre- premonitory? Pre- premonitory? Yeah, premonitory, yeah, premonitory. hush. We're we're all in the big room, dimly conscious. We're all in the big room, dimly cautious of the sequence of events about to be started there. Later, many claimed they had felt psychic warnings, but whether that fact, whether that is fact or imagination, will never be known. We're all. Who's we? <laughs> but we're all. We're all we're in the all. big. Good lord! Yeah, the way this is written is very like regional. Okay, it's, it's we're I, we're all in the big room, dimly conscious of the sequence yeah. of events about to be started there. Yeah. That's, yeah. Strange, but hey. Oh, we're all in the yeah. building. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, we're. God, wow. Yeah. A hush with a drone of voices and machines accentuating it in the outer of office. That's not a sentence. A hush with a drone of voices and machines accentuating it in the outer. The yeah. Outer, yeah. That's not, yeah. Addressing the hush. Okay. A silence in which the doors of the executives in their cubicles along the east wall of the office space remain closed. A quiet that seemed to emanate from the blank shut door marked marked Arthur B. Ryan, president. And then the hush was cracked. The silence was torn like strong linen screaming apart as a great strain rips it from end to end. Okay, that's a great sentence. Yeah, that's actually pretty sick. <clears throat> from behind the door, marked president. <laughs> 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 ah, president door. <laughs> we meet again. <laughs> From behind the door marked president came a shriek of pain and horror that blanched the cheeks of the office workers. A yell that came out over the hush and turned busy fingers to wood, and which stopped all words on the suddenly numbed lips that had been uttering them. We 
interrupt this broadcast to bring you an important announcement. Because those simpletons were not able to manage their audio recording properly, I am forced to step in and intervene on their behalf. And who am I, you ask? Why, I am none other than Dr. Satan himself. Yes, though we have yet to be properly introduced, I would not have my crimes and my glorious efforts so easily squashed by the incompetence of the simpletons and fools that run this broadcast. Thus, listen well and hear of my power. Brian's secretary, pale, trembling, ran from her desk outside the office door and sped into Ryan's office. Oh my god! The shriek came more clearly to the general office through the open door. My head! Oh my god! And then the screams of the man were swelled suddenly by the high shriek of the girl's secretary. Look! Look! There was the thud of a body in Ryan's office, telling the plain message that she had fainted. <gasps> and an instant later, the agonized shrieks of the man in there were still. <laughs> yes, and now I will... What's that? That's all? That's the, that's the only part that they had an audio error on? Well, sh- For a second, all in the general office were gripped by silence, paralyzed, staring with wide eyes at the door to the private office. Door, door, president, president door! (laughs) Then the sales manager stepped to the open door. My time has come. Uh, A thing I'm keeping in mind as I'm reading this is what H.P. Lovecraft said. About weird tales paying by the word, and you can see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, yeah. I don't want to gloss over it too much, but on the previous page, there's a long paragraph, I guess, that's like, I guess, I guess. Uh, it, it's like a introductory summary, because I know this is like a six-parter, but and this is the first, this is like, you know, the cover story, this is everything. So um, I think... Uh, like these magazines essentially back then they had these bolded sections where if you didn't want to like, you know, if you want to look through and say, Oh, this is what this is about. Yeah. Okay. I'll read. But if not, you would switch to something else. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. Just for context. Yeah. I don't, we don't necessarily have to read it. Although if we, if we like this and we want to continue finding the rest of Dr. Satan's story, (laughs) I'm going to put this out there for future Maureen. Uh, maybe have an episode open with um, uh, old-timey monologue of someone reading that last one, just so people get up to speed. You know what I mean? Yeah, could do. Yeah. <clears throat> a glance he took into Ryan's office. All outside saw his face go the color of ashes. He tottered, caught at the door to keep from falling. Then, with the air of a man dazed by a physical blow, he closed the door and stumbled toward the switchboard. Own the police, he said hoarsely to the girl. My God. The police. It's a great band. I don't know. <laughs> you guys ever heard Message in a Bottle? <laughs> Blew my mind in college. Don't Stand So Close to Me song is probably about being a pedophile. But uh... <laughs> oh, God. So I don't know what they can do. His head. What? What's the matter with his head? <laughs> the girl faltered as her fingers stiffly manipulated the switchboard plugs. The sales manager stared at her without seeing her, his eyes looking as if they probed through her and into unplumbed chasms of horror beneath behind her. 
I need us to take this next line uh, and hit it hard. Okay. <laughs> Go for it, Abyssmy. You got this. A tree growing out of his head, he panted. A tree pushing out of his skull like a plant cracking a flower pot. It outgrows and sending roots and branches through the cracks. <laughs> oh my god. Cool. <laughs> he leaned against the switchboard. Okay. Oh this, oh, this is even better. I was, I was a little, I was a little worried when we started that we built this up too much. <laughs> but a, tr- but a guy just died by a tree growing out of his head. That's pretty good. And it's capped off by um, this is like B movie schlock right here. Yeah. He leaned against the switchboard, a death tree killing him, <laughs> murdering him. Hurry, get the. He lunged for her, but it was too late. Arrest that tree. <laughs> <laughs> the tree is one. The, t- the tree was caught red leafed. <laughs> and it's not even fall. <laughs> yeah, you're taking the fall for this one, tree. <laughs> God damn it. I guess you could say it's bark I guess you could say it's bark was worse than it's <laughs> When you hear his story, he will grow on you. Stop him before he leaves. <laughs> Let's get to the Ooh. root of the matter. <sighs> the switchboard girl has lit the Future Maureen just, just hammering on the CSI intro button. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're branching out into different territory right God now. God damn it! <laughs> uh, the switchboard girl had slid from her chair, unconscious. <gasps> The screams, the atmosphere of horror, the look of terror on the man's face had been too much for her. <laughs> Finally, with fingers that rattled against the switchboard, the man put through the call himself. So that's one dead man and two unconscious women. Great. Mm. Another <laughs> Thursday. I, I, find it, I find it funny, like like these like pastimes where they just assume any horrifying thing, women just faint. <gasps> yeah, like the tropiness of every story. Yeah. I was about to say, given that this is a story from the 30s, can we have a fainting woman count? <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Man. Yeah, okay. We're going to have it run an active counter there. That's uh, so far two uh, women who have fainted. If, what noise would you use for the fainting count? Uh, a gasp and a thump. Yep. Probably like a... Like a <gasps> Perfect. Thank you. With <laughs> that. Yeah, that's, that's going in every time that happens now. <laughs> That was at 11 in the morning on July 12th, a day that made criminal history in New York. (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We caught the killer tree in the act. We've been hunting this guy for months. Nothing ever bad will ever happen in New York to top this. (laughs) (laughs) At 11.10, in a great Long Island home, the second chapter was being written. Oh? Was a self-insert in writing this from his Long Island home? (laughs) The home belonged to Samuel Billingsley, retired merchant. It was a huge estate, high-walled, and the walls of a new iron gate glistened, closing off the front driveway. It was a high gate, heavily barred, the kind of gate that would be installed by a man afraid for his life. Ooh. Beside, ooh, okay. Beside that gate, two men lounged. Good for them. Each was big, heavily muscled, with a bulge at his armpit. Speaking of a gun in readiness, 
I could have just said arm. they were armed, but uh, <laughs> paid by the word. <laughs> With a bulge at his armpit, speaking of a gun in readiness. Jesus Christ. I'd like to Do apologize. that man's bulge? That speaks of readiness. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could yeah. they look at each other like you could, you could, you could see the bulge, right? You can see the bulge. Also, <laughs> also, also, if this is taking place in Long Island, if I don't hear Long Island accents, I will be disappointed. Oh, um, <clears throat> at the front door of the house, another man was stationed, and there was one at the rear, and still another patrolling the grounds. The last one carried a rifle. The summer sun gleamed bright over the estate. The silence of the suburbs enveloped it. Yet danger lowered like a black veil over the place. A long, low roadster slid to a stop before the closed iron gate. A young man, dark-haired, with dark gray eyes, sounded the horn. Reluctantly, the gate was opened. The man drove the roadster in and started toward the house, was stopped by the two guards who stood before the car with an automatic piece covering its driver. The young man glared. Well, snapped. That that sentence doesn't speak Long Island to me. Yeah. Who the devil are you? What are you doing here? Same to you, buddy! Grasped <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the men coming closer. What's your business here? The young man glanced at the new high g- gate and back to the guards. I'm Samuel Billingley's, Billingsley's nephew, he said. My name's M- Merton. <laughs> 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 Merton Billingsley. My name's Merton Billingsley. Stop <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I've been away for a month and I come back to be stopped at the point of a gun at my own uncle's house. Take it easy, said the man gruffly. We're the old, I mean, we're Mr. Mr. Billingsley's bodyguard. Hired us two days ago. Orders were to investigate everybody driving in here. Have you got any proofs that you're his nephew, especially with a name like Merton? <laughs> Who needs their kid, Merton? Especially, especially you with the most made-up sounding name I've ever heard. <laughs> Friends call me Murty. <laughs> the young man showed letters. His annoyance was giving way to curiosity and alarm. Bodyguard, he claimed. Why a bodyguard? Is my uncle's life in danger? The man shrugged. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but I guess it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> or he wouldn't have hired us. You didn't tell us anything except to keep everybody out of the grounds. Merton Billingsley clutched at the man's arm <laughs> and gave him the best puppy dog eyes he could. Is Uncle all right? Is is he all right now? Have there been any attempts on his life so far? None yet," said the man, holstering his automatic. <laughs> and I guess he's all right, except he's got a headache. Oh no! Oh, oh no. no! It's the death shroud. Oh, it's, it strikes again. A headache? Yeah. His high hat butler came down here a half hour ago and said a doc had been called and we were to let him through. The old man, Mister Billingsley's, had a bad headache. The doc came ten minutes ago and is up in his room with him now. But aside from the headache, he's all right. Uh, yeah. Through the golden summer sunlight, like jagged lightning impinging on the eardrums instead of the optic nerves. Fuck me, guy. What? <laughs> uh, okay. I'd like to ap- take this moment to apologize to uh, 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 Charles Dickens for all the times we poked fun at him for the word. Jesus. A scream lanced out. It was a thin, high shriek that drove the color from the faces of Merton Billingsley and the two guards. It came from behind a shaded window in the front corner of the guest house. 
My uncle's room, breathed Merton. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) He swallowed and jerked his head to the guards, to the two guards. On the running board, he snapped, we'll get to the house. The whine of gears drowned his words. With a guard on each side, the roadster sped down the gravel driveway into the house. The door opened as Merton got to it. A gray-haired, gray-headed butler faced him. Willis, exclaimed Merton. My uncle, what in God's name is the matter with him? The man shook his head. I don't know you. Who the fuck are you? (laughs) No, but like, first of all, the way that Willis is spelled is W-I-L-L-Y-S. Willies? (laughs) Willies, Willis. My my mother couldn't decide which William to name me after, so she just said she just named me after all of them. <laughs> I don't know. He complained of having a terrific headache, sir, and I phoned for Doctor S- Smith. Smith, Smythe, Smithy. Fuck it. Then just a minute ago, he screamed. This okay? You know how s- there are certain authors who like weird names. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those authors. No one will be able to trademark Merton Billingsley. <laughs> I have the copy right now. Uh, down the curved marble staircase to the front hall, a man was stumbling, a middle-aged man whose eyes were wide and whose features were distorted. Smythe, said Merton. Uncle Samuel, tell me, quick. The doctor stared at him. He moistened his lips. <laughs> he planted a big wet one on Merton. Your uncle is dead. Dead? But what happened to him? He was an old man, but he was in good health. What killed him? A plant, whispered the doctor. A kind of bush. Thorn bush. God knows what. How awful. That thing blossoming from his head. Merton shook his shoulder savagely. Are you insane? Pull yourself together. What's this talk of bushes? (laughs) Bush growing out of his head whispered the doctor, moistening his pale lips again and again. (laughs) Delicious. I've never seen something so horrifying and erotic in all my years. Well, they say you are what you eat. (laughs) (laughs) And you, sir, are an asshole. And uh, And your uncle was just mad about devouring pussy. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Merton started up the stairs Smythe, rousing himself, grasped his arm Don't go up there, Merton Don't Merton wrenched his arm away My uncle lies up in his room dead And you tell me not to go up to him? He took the stairs two at a time I'm warning you Came the doctor's shrill voice The sight you'll see But Merton went on Around the curve in the staircase Down the hall at the top The door to his uncle's room was closed Impetuously, he opened it and leaped inside the big bedroom. Wee! <laughs> it was dim in there, shaded against the sunlight. But after a few seconds, he saw it. His uncle's body. Yes! Impetuously, he opened it and leaped inside the big bedroom. But he'd misjudged it and opened the door to the servant's staircase instead. He, <laughs> he jumped down the dumbwaiter on accident. <laughs> <laughs> it, lay, it lay beyond the big bed, the corpse of a man of 70, thin, clad in a silk robe. The body was twisted and distorted, but it was not the body that riveted the gaze of the dead man's nephew. It was the head. The head was so turned that the body lay on its side. The face was appointed toward the ceiling. 
and from the top of the skull, something was protruding. Merton's hands crept toward his throat as he looked at it. A sort of bush with leafless, sharp-pointed twigs, branching out in all directions, growing from the top of the skull. It was like a hand with many sharp, small, sharp fingers that had thrust up through the bone, with its thick, wrist-like stem rooting in the brain beneath. Uh, you want me to just finish this? Yeah, go ahead. A tree, quick with life, though rooted in death. Quick with life, question mark? As <laughs> Who's writing this shit? <laughs> As Martin stared with glazing eyes, he saw the leafless, sharp little branches crawling out a little farther. The thing was growing even as he watched it. With a low cry, he turned and ran from the room. Not gonna lie, this is pretty. It's it's it's. This is pretty cool so far. Fucking goofy. Yeah, no, this is it. this is this is dope. Yeah. <laughs> I although the God the chapter. Ch 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 chia. If this were set in the 2000s, someone would be saying, Hey, remember those Chia pets? What if it was Mo? Oh, God. Oh, don't. You just manifested that. Now it's going to happen. Okay, the second chapter. Oh yes, I get to. I, 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 I love one. the title. <laughs> okay, are we ready to meet our um, our protagonist in this story? If if it's not Doctor Satan, I think this is our. This is this is if Can, if if Doctor Satan is is potentially our Moriarty. Here's our Holmes. You ready? No, but like the name. I, Ask, no, 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 can I? I want to say it, please, please. Ahead. Chapter two, Ascot Keen. <laughs> Our protagonist, who is very fond of neckerchiefs. <laughs> <laughs> he was the inspiration for Fred from Scooby-Doo. In a Park Avenue penthouse, two men were seated in a great room fitted out as a library. The room was lined with books in sections which were unobtrusively but precisely labeled as sections of shelving in public libraries are labeled. Th thanks. Stop. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> Science! One of the largest sections crammed with books was tagged. Another read, mythology. A third, occult. Then there were psychology, engineering, biology. Many others, <laughs> each containing dozens of volumes. Isn't this just Abby's <laughs> library? Basically. Yeah. The focal, point of the, death, uh, the focal point of the big lofty chamber was a huge ebony desk. It was at this desk that the two men were seated, one in a leather chair beside it, the other leaning back in a swivel chair from, from before it. Hmm. A man in the visitor's chair was about 50, expensively dressed, a typical big businessman with suggestion of a paunch that comes with success and a striving after more millions instead of physical fitness. <laughs> but there was one thing about this businessman that was not typical. That was the expression on his face. I just, I just Big business it just keeps getting called out as if it's like, a its own like eldritch entity even back then <laughs> <laughs> i just love how it's described capitalism the true the eldritch horror businessman yes. he was dressed as a big businessman <laughs> the man in the visitor's chair was about 50 expensively dressed a typical big businessman with suggestions of a punch that the with his big fat fuck business fuck <laughs> this big fat business motherfucker doing fat fuck business <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sensing undercurrents of uh, anti-capitalism here. It's uh, refreshing. Hell yeah. 
Fear! <laughs> the blind terror of an incoherent animal caught in a trap beyond its comprehension. His face was gray with fear! <laughs> his lips were pallid and his hands were shaking with it. His palms were sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> no! Even in the 1930s. Eminem was a prophet from the future. The sound, the sound of his ragged... Lose themselves. The sound of his ragged breathing was clearly audible in the almost cathedral-like hush of the great library. <clears throat> the man, sitting proprietorially Jesus, at the desk, watched his visitor with almost clinical detachment. He did not give two shits. No sympathy <laughs> showed in his deep-set eyes. I do want to say, I, I do want to say real quick that, like, weird tales and stuff like this at the time were seen as, like, garbage novels and garbage yeah. stories and they just dropped proprietorially on us <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. a man time. to attract attention in any gathering on earth this one he was a big man but supple and quick moving <laughs> okay his <laughs> eyes deep under coal black eyebrows were light gray looked calm as ice willing to sacrifice our love as if no emergency could disturb their <laughs> steely depths he had a high-bridged patrician nose, a long chin that was the embodiment of strength, and a firm, large mouth. Supple, large mouth. Uh-huh, okay. Perfectly kissable. Mm-hmm. Are, are, he, are he and Dr. Satan going to make out by the end of this? Well, if there is not a, like, you know, what is it, f- uh, foes to lovers or something? Yeah. What's yeah. that trope? Yeah, that doesn't happen by, the, by installment six. I'm going to be very disappointed. Uh-huh. <laughs> His mouth moved, clipping out words with easy precision. You say he talking? He talked? Does that do you mean he talked? <laughs> he talked good. <laughs> he talked pretty. You say you got the note yesterday, Walstead? You got a pretty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Thus casually he addressed note Ballard W. Walstead. <laughs> 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 I get a few more stupid fucking names. <laughs> Alan, you remember the uh, the Civi episode about um, against dark forces, where he's just making fun of Star Wars names? I feel like this is just the same damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ballard W. Walstead, Merton Billingsley, Ascot Keen, Doctor Satan's the most the, like the most normal sounding one so far. Oh my god. Yes, said the uh, man in the visitor's chair. Why did you come to me with it? Because, said Walstead, raising a trembling hand in a repressed gesture of pleading, I, I thought if anyone on earth could save me, it would be you. Oh, I know about you, though I realize that not a dozen people in the world are aware of the real life of Ascot Kane. <laughs> these, these few know you as one of the greatest criminal investigators that ever lived. Hell yes. A man whose achievements have something almost of black magic in them. They know that you've raised a hobby of criminology into an art that passes beyond the reach of genius. Broke that ego. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, suck my dick. <laughs> This is like when uh, uh, this is like when Arthur Conan Doyle wrote about you know when he had Watson say to Holmes like are you anything like Dupont like Inspector Dupont clear like his clear inspiration and Watson and Holmes is basically like I make Dupont look like a fucking amateur basically. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, Cumberbund Nito's calm, steely eyes <laughs> stared steadily into the frantic depths of the other man's pale blue ones. I am a I dilettante. Am a dilettante. <laughs> <laughs> I am a dilettante, he murmured. I inherited a fortune, and I loafed through life playing with first editions, polo ponies, and big game hunting. Yes, yes, I know. That's the picture the world has of you, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> the picture you've deliberately painted. But I tell you, I know your capabilities. You've got to help me, Keen. Jesus, how many people ripped off other people to make Batman? Yeah, seriously. Keen's long, strong. Mm. And went out. <laughs> Let me of see the notes. Supple frame. <laughs> <laughs> Walstead fumbled in his pocket and drew out a folded sheet of paper. Handling it as though it were a deadly serpent, he handed it to Keen, who spread it out on the desk and yelled, Oh no, a snake. <laughs> Ballard Walstead, Keen read aloud, you are hereby given a chance to purchase a continuation of your rather useless life. The price of this continuation is the round sum of one million dollars. You must pay this in any way you please, even in checks if you like. For if ever you attempt to trace the checks, you will die. And if you refuse payment, you will die even more quickly. Damn. I had to look uh, up Paul Ernst because I, I wanted to know if there's like... I'm curious about his background. Um, uh, he was the one who created the Avenger novels. Oh. Yeah, he wrote oh. the original Avenger. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if there was like somewhere that's hinted like he was he was secretly gay or something like that, but... Mm. You will disregard this as a note from a crank, of course. <laughs> like crank anchors up in here. Yeah, but by noon tomorrow, you will know better. You see, I have given two other men, Arthur B. Bryan and Samuel Billingsley, a choice similar to yours, and I believe they're going to defy me. Read in the afternoon papers what happens to them, Walstead, and I believe me, and believe me when I say that the same thing will happen to you if you do not meet my price. Oh shit! <laughs> Directions will be given to you tomorrow noon to where you are, you and how you're going. Directions will be given to you tomorrow noon as to where and how you are to pay the money. Jesus. Your obedient servant, Dr. Satan. <laughs> Dr. Robert Satan. <laughs> no relation. No, 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 no. If His name has to be something like fucking weird or made of because... We'll probably never know. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Keen looked up from the paper. Dr. Satan, he repeated. Into his steel gray eyes came a hard, relentless glint. Dr. Satan from House of a Thousand Corpses. (laughs) You know of him? Asked Walstead eagerly. I know of him a little. You read in the papers this afternoon of what happened to Ryan and Billingsley? Uh, Yes, whimpered Walstead. (laughs) <laughs> that was my whimpering that was my whimpering one. Whimpering I used to play bass or whimpered Walstead <laughs> my god yes and that's what will happen to me Keen if you don't help me he shuddered as though drenched with icy water a tree growing out of a man's head killing him how can such a thing be done well, that is something only somewhere. Dr. Satan can answer <laughs> did you get instructions about where to pay the money this noon as is promised in this letter and answer whilst it drew out another bit of note paper. This one was also a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Walstead, Keen read. 
Leave the money either in $1,000 bills or in checks up to $20,000 a piece in the trash can at the corner of Broadway and 76th Street tonight at 9 o'clock. If checks, make them payable to Elias P. Hodge, signed Dr. Satan. Kane's oh. eyes searched Wallstead's again. Are you going to do it? I can't, exclaimed Wallstead hysterically. I'm a wealthy man. But my affairs are in such a state that to take a million dollars in cash for my business would bankrupt me. I can't. <laughs> you know what I realize? This I'm is very much like fail. <laughs> this is very much like the the original Joker story from the forties. Yeah. Like, I will kill this yeah. person unless I'm paid one million dollars. So this is just this is just Batman and the Joker at this really? point. Keen's long, powerful <laughs> fingers. Or- <laughs> <laughs> Damn. This sentence is ridiculous. Long, powerful Kane's long, powerful fingers probe deeply into Wallstead's quivering <laughs> vagina. <laughs> Holy shit. Keen's long, powerful fingers formed a reflective pent roof under his long, powerful chin. What is this goofy, elongated person? <laughs> You're going to defy Dr. Satan, then? I must, cried Walstead. I have no choice. King's fingers moved restlessly. This Dr. Satan must have known your affairs were such that you couldn't meet his order. And he must have foreseen that. Would you have to refuse his demand? Were you in your office when the second note was delivered? Yes. Who delivered it? Walstead shivered again. This is one of the deepest mysteries of all. No one delivered it. Bum, bum, bum. <sighs> Keen stared. Nobody delivered that note, Walstead repeated. I was alone in my office reading over some papers. I turned away from my desk a moment. When I turned back, the note was there on top of the other things. No one had come in. The window was closed and locked, yet the note was there. It it was like witchcraft, Keen. Keen's fingers stilled for a moment, moved restlessly again. You may be speaking the more tr- you may be speaking more truly than you know, Walstead. After you received the note, what did you do? So nobody delivered the note. So it was Odysseus. Mm. <laughs> Everyone, anyone? Yeah, Any, anyone? Yes. Literature? Yeah. yeah. Eric, Epic, anybody? <laughs> Cyclops delivery service delivered that punchline. Uh, uh, I stayed in my office till four thirty. Then I went down to the building lobby and saw the afternoon papers, screaming headlines about the deaths of Ryan and Billingsley. I ate an entire party sub. After that, <laughs> I came here as fast as my chauffeur could drive. We stopped for Chipotle on the way. <laughs> you always get the burrito and you're like, that's too big. I'm not going to eat the whole thing. But you always eat the whole thing. <laughs> You're a burrito expert. You gotta tell me. <laughs> Did anything unusual happen to you on the way? Alstead shook his head. Nothing. I got into my car at the office building, was driven straight here, and got out in front of your building. No one said anything to you, or perhaps jostled you? <laughs> <laughs> anyone run up and shake you? <laughs> That man's newest villain, the Jostler. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm about to rustle your chimneys, Batman. <laughs> you wouldn't want me to ruffle your feathers, would you? I'm about to jaffle your skitties. <laughs> I'm I'm here to grab you and like fuck up your whole deal. <laughs> you won't know what hit you. Are you ready? Uh, oh no. <laughs> no one, said Walstead. Then his lips tightened. Wait a minute. Yes. A man bumped into me just as I was coming into the building this into this building entrance. Keen's eyes narrowed till all that was apparent of them was two gray glints. Can you describe him? he said quickly. No, I didn't pay attention to him at all. After I saw he had no weapon in his hand and meant me no harm, his shoulder brushed against my neck and cheek, and then he was gone after apologizing and giving me a little kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Keen got up from his desk. His eyes were more inscrutable than ever. I'll do all I can to help you, he said. Suppose you you run along now, Walstead. Walstead jerked to his feet with frenzy and perplexity in his face. He was almost as tall as Keen, but didn't give... The appearance of being nearly so big. Keen is a huge ass motherfucker. He is Keen's tall. Keen's a giant. These guys get bigger with every every <laughs> Guys, all I can picture now is a 19, uh, 1930s detective version of Dr. Livesey. <laughs> yeah. He's going to walk just... out of this office. Burm, 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 it's just okay. two very concerned 1930s nine foot tall men. <laughs> I don't understand, Keen. Are you throwing me over? Aren't you going to act with me against the, this Dr. Satan? Yes, I'm going to act against Dr. Satan. Muscle ridged out in Keen's lean cheeks. Mm-hmm. You go along home. Listen up, little bro. You go along home now. Muscle ridged out in Keen's lean cheeks. Okay. His you know, muscular tight. cheeks. God. I'd hoped you would let me stay here with you till the danger was past. You will be in more danger at home than you would be. You'd be in no more danger. No, you wouldn't be in more danger. That's why I don't want you here. <laughs> I don't want Get Dr. Out. Satan growing a tree in your head all over my library. You will be in no more danger at home than you would be here, replied Keen with an odd gentleness in his tone. My man will show you to the door. With the words, Keen's man appeared, a silent, impassive-looking fellow who handed Walstead his hat and stick. Walstead, with many protests, went out. A silent, impassive-looking fellow who was 70 feet tall. <laughs> is, this, is this Alfred? <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Beatrice! Jesus Christ. I am, I am, I am never going to get the tone correctly. <laughs> Keen is a very hard person to get the tone for, apparently. He's like an amorphous being. He's strong, but like impossibly long. I, mm. He's long, he's strong, he's down to get the friction on. Um, <laughs> so strong. Satan got back. <laughs> Beatrice, Keen called softly when he was alone in the big library. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. You throw out many you, you throw out so many fucking descriptions of everything and you just say big library. <laughs> Bear in the big a library. Se- a section of the shelving lined with books swung smoothly away from the wall, forming a doorway. Through it came a go- girl with a shorthand notebook and a pencil in her tapering hands. She was tall and beautifully formed, with dark blue eyes and hair that was more red than brown. 
hot. So, so, so re- okay. You sent him away, she said, eyes at once accusing and bitterly disappointed. You wouldn't help him. You sent him away. <laughs> he is past help, retorted Keen. <laughs> He's already dead. <laughs> The stranger that jostled him in front of the building, that stranger was death. Perhaps Dr. Satan himself, perhaps a helper. How can you know that? Kane breathed deeply. Dr. Satan must have known in advance that Walstead could not pay his demands. Hence, he must have planned to use him from the start as a sacrifice. A third horrible example of what happens to wealthy men who defy him. That man who jostled him planted death seeds in him. He will die within the hour with one of those unearthly shrubs forcing its way up through his skull. Yike. Still, you sent him away! What the fuck, man? (laughs) I did, Beatrice. And I'd do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Suppose he died here. Holy shit, David was right. We don't want him dying on my library. (laughs) Jesus. The police. Many questions. Detention! (laughs) (laughs) I can't get another demerit. I can't go back to prison. The superintendent is so pissed at me. (laughs) And I don't want to be delayed. I have work to do now that makes makes any of my former tasks seem like unimportant games. Dr. Satan. With three rich men dead, no others will defy him. He'll loot the city if if I can't stop him. The girl, Beatrice Dale, Keen's companion as well as secretary. Oh, so they're sleeping together. Finger the notebook as in which she was recorded the talk between him and Walstead. The girl, women in this universe, they're all girls. Yeah, yeah. The girl, Beatrice Keen's beard. I used to to play bass for Finger the Notebook. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your Da Vinci's Notebook uh, tribute band? Yes, uh, we are uh, fully instrumental Da Vinci's Notebook. No acapella. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, Who is this Dr. Satan, Ascot? She said. I don't seem to remember that he has figured into any of your former work. He hasn't. Dr. Satan is a new phenomenon. I've been expecting to hear from him ever since I heard the first whisper of his existence a month ago. Now. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Sorry. What? what? Wait, when? He's a new phenomenon, but I heard about him a month ago? I guess new is oh, a month ago. I guess Ascot Keen is just keeping tabs on people, though. I heard about some weird dude dressed up as the devil counting money next to a flaming skull, and I thought, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, that's really interesting. <laughs> I, used to st- I used to stop here all the time on my way to work. That's really interesting. <laughs> uh, uh. I keep now. finding business cards for Dr. Robert Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a teen. <laughs> now, with these three weird, fantastic murders, I like that he's already hes already just like, yeah, I'm just going to assume that uh, Wa- Wallstead's just fucking dead already. <laughs> I mean, if he didn't die from Dr. Satan, he would probably die of diabetes. That <laughs> man was so fucking unhealthy. <laughs> Now, with these three weird, fantastic murders, he takes his bow. Who is he? Where does he hide? What does he look like? I don't know. Yet. He began pacing up and down before his big ebony desk. 
big black <laughs> desk. Like my pee. He chanced to be looking at the chair when it happened. <gasps> Fuck! The chair, also ebony, was pushed a few feet back. Why do we need to know this? <laughs> Keep going. The chair, also ebony, was pushed a few feet back from the desk. It was tilted back a bit with a felt pad slightly arrived from the movement of his body as he had left it. It squatted there, a dark inanimate thing at one instant, at, and then at the next there was a soft poof of sound, and the chair leaped into blue incand- incandescence. Wait, what? Lambent, cool. Lambent flame played over it so hot that it blasted the faces of Keen and Beatrice five feet away. Oh, Perhaps so four seconds, the blue flame persisted, then it died out as suddenly as it had appeared. And the chair was no longer there. <laughs> <laughs> In its place hell? was a little was a little heap of fine ash smoldering on the carpet. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Doctor Satan decided that it wasn't enough. He had to murder this chair as well. I don't like ebony furniture. <laughs> Keen gazed slowly into Beatrice's horrified eyes. I don't know about Dr. Satan yet, he repeated coolly, but apparently he knows a great deal about me. Well, what is it? Rice? What? Who? Rice? <laughs> what? Oh, huh? Beatrice? Riss? Rice? What? Is that a pet oh, name? Oh, what is it, Reese? Like, I guess Beatrice. Beatrice? Mm, like, oh, I think he's... I, oh, wait, I'm no. reading ahead. I think he's addressing his man. Well, what is it, Rice? Keen's man stood in a library doorway, starting... Staring first at his master, and then at the tiny heap of ash that was all that was left of the ebony chair. Mr. Walsta just died, sir, he said. It was in the lobby <laughs> of the building, just as he was about to step into the street. He's lying down there now. Rice's eyes flashed bleakly. There's something pushing up through his head, sir. Little sharp spikes of something, like branches of a little tree or bush. Ooh! Wow. Okay. So Dr. I'm going Satan- to burn your furniture! <laughs> Dr. Satan knows about Ascot Keen, and what does he do? He sets his chair on fire. Fuck you! Let's, <laughs> let's let's talk about let's talk about what we know about Dr. Satan so far. Okay. One, he can jostle you and plant a tree in your head. <laughs> He's a serial jostler. Two, <laughs> he can like pyrokinetically burn your chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so far that is the weirdest criminal I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, the maddest story ever told. Uh, uh, okay, we got. So here's the thing. I'm just gonna uh, express this to the listeners right now. This is longer than I anticipated, uh, but we got another chapter. I think we'll do three of the six chapters this episode, and then uh, if y'all like this, and uh, I, I, I know we like it, I think mm-hmm. I'd like to do all fuck, of it. Fuck that! I don't fuck that! Fuck that! If y'all like this, we're reading yeah, this no, whole we're thing. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Yeah, this is for we're us. This ahead. isn't for you. Fuck you. <laughs> I was gonna say, support yeah. us on Patreon. Fuck you. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I was with Alan. I'm like, it's like, oh, if you guys like it, I'm like, if they like it, fuck that. I'm oh, okay. Well, that's a mute point because of course they're going to like it. It's fucking because Dr. Satan. <laughs> Dr. Satan fucking rules. <laughs> we haven't even seen think- him yet. No. <laughs> I'm already. I already love Doctor Doctor Satan's methods of killing people and setting chairs on fire. This is great. It's pretty cool. 
So chapter three, Dr. Satan. <laughs> Here it is. Who's next? It's you. Oh, I it's think. me. Yay. Three miles away in a windowless draped room, a figure bent over a metal table in the attitude of a high priest bending over an altar. Yes. Cool. The figure looked like one robed for a costume ball, save that in every line of it was a dead deadliness that robbed it of all suggestions of anything humorous or social. I picked it. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, well, no. well. Hold up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Tall and spare, it was covered by a blood red robe. Here we go. Red rubber gloves swathed the hands. The face was coated behind a red mask that curtained it from the forehead to the chin with only two black eyes, like li- li- life, live life, life, live coals, live life coals. <laughs> <laughs> showing through eye holes, Lucifer. And to Ooh. compete, the grim travesty of resemblance, two horned red projections showed above the red skull cap that hid the man's hair. Yes, he cool. actually wears the costume. Oh, I love him. I love him. He's so great. <laughs> Before him, on the metal table, a thin blue flame died slowly down into a sprinkling of yellowish powder from which it had originally been born. The blue flame was the only light in the room. By its flicker could be seen three other men crouching around the walls and watching the flames with breathless intensity. One of these three was a young man with an aristocratic but weak and degenerate face. Jesus. <laughs> Damn. Oh my God. Okay. What he means by that is inbred. No. Yeah. The other two were creatures like gargoyles. Their first, the first was legless, with his great gorilla-like head set <laughs> on a treme- on tremendous shoulders. <laughs> oh, wait, are we? Are, okay, is this metaphorical? Or are we literally dealing with a creature? I have Doctor Satan. Anything's possible. Because, it, but the, I have a figure. I have a feeling he's about to describe, um, like basically just mooks. You know. I don't know. T- strong, tough guys Hold in suits on. that punch people. We'll see. Legless? Legless, with his great gorilla-like head set on a treme- on tremendous shoulders, coming up only to a normal man's waist. The second was a wizened, small monkey of a man with bright, cruel eyes peering out from a mat of hair that covered all his features. Okay, what? so these are just weird descriptions of people. But this universe are, is are, weird. Are, are they, though? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm already in that sort of like, is this? I'm picturing the the first guy like a sure boss. Yeah, but guy. it's like Dick Tracy levels of like weird looking people. Yes. Yeah, this is pulp. This is pulp fiction at its finest. I fucking but, love but, this. But yeah. I'm, I'm wondering is is it magic or is it uh, like science? That's a, that's I, that's the whole thing that I'm trying to figure out. Like a perversion is, of both. Is, Exactly. Oh, mystical, the mystical sciences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somehow Palpatine okay. returned. <laughs> God damn it. The, the blue flame on the metal table died out. A red-clad figure straightened up. A gloved hand touched a switch, and the room was illuminated with red light. Uh, pardon me. Ascot Keen, said the man. Ascot Keen, said the man in Satan's costume. Has escaped the blue flame. <laughs> The three men around the walls breathed deeply. When then the younger, with the weak face, scowled. How do you know that, Doctor Satan? <laughs> if the flame had consumed him, Doctor Satan said, his voice harsh and monotoned, the blue fire would have burned red while his body was devoured. It did not burn red. <laughs> <laughs> 
didn't you read the training manual I gave you, you simpleton? Look, I've left you all a copy of Introduction to Weird Science. (laughs) From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intentions? God damn it. The younger man walked towards the table. He moved with a curious air of cringing defiance. I don't know what that describes, but all right. The other two men were frankly in awe of the red-clad one. The younger man tried to throw off that awe. How do you control the flame, Dr. Satan? He asked. The coal-black eyes burned burned into his... Oh, okay. The coal-black eyes burned into his eyes through the eye holes in the red mask. It's all in here, Dr. Satan said at last pointing to an ancient roll of papyrus spread flat on a stand near the metal table. The ingredients of the flame were compounded first in Egypt 5,000 years ago. This dude's so fucking cool. To these ingredients are added the powdered bits of the person of the one to be consumed by the flame. Fingernail, parings, hair, bits of discarded clothing, for instance. Then when the powder is burned, the person burns through a thousand miles of distance separate him from a blue fire. That's rad. Cool. <laughs> it's of discarded clothing. I've stolen Ascot Keen's underpants. <laughs> <laughs> Yet Keen escaped, said the young man, watching Dr. Satan narrowly. I had no bits of Keen's person to place with the chemicals. He is too shrewd to have allowed hair and nail clippings to be smuggled from his home. I had only a sliver of the chair in which he com- customarily sits. Obviously, he wasn't in the chair when I touched off the fire, and to so escaped death. You dumb fuck. You stupid asshole. Uh, Dr. Satan immediate, uh, admittedly beefed it on that one. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Satan, you don't have to be so self-deprecating. Ah, oh, you stupid, stupid idiot. How could you fuck that up so badly? <laughs> Young hey, man. Dr. Lit- Satan, chill. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, man. You'll get through this. Young man lit a cigarette. The frightened defiance of his every gesture was heightened by the manner in which he lit it. The coal black eyes showing through the eye holes narrowed a little. The death tree, Dr. Satan, the young man said. How do you work that? It is a species of Australian thorn bush, Dr. Satan said without hesitation. Rather, it was till with a certain botanical skill, I altered it into a thing that flowers in two hours or less. Rooting in a man's brain. The only drawback is that the seed, a tiny thing that floats in air, must be inhaled by the victim to lodge in the nasal passage and later work its way up to the brain. Oi. You have more seeds of this tree, said the young man, fingers shaking as he raised the cigarette to his lips. Yes, said Dr. Satan. You're not fucking smoking here. (laughs) Listen, I have a condition. His manner was strange, his voice almost gentle. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Nope. Not, nope. Sorry. Dead... Not happening. No, no. We are, we are, we are, le- he is Skeletor as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I, am, I, I, am so- I am sorry, Story, but you are wrong. <laughs> the, yeah, we have the voice now. We all have the voice now yeah. at this point. But there was a deadliness and a very gentleness, like the deadliness with which a cat toys with a mouse. The monkey-like little man with the hairy face and the legless giant with the huge shoulders stirred restlessly in their positions by the wall. I don't... What? I, I need... I need to know if these... I need to know. Are they experiments? <laughs> like... That's, like... 
okay. <laughs> Watch me? us never get an explanation. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you use the flame on Ryan and Wallstead and Billingsley? Questioned the young man. That would have been easier than killing them with your devilish thorn bush. Easier, conceded the grim figure in red, but not quite so spectacular. <laughs> okay. <laughs> True. People spontaneously bursting into flames isn't cool enough! <laughs> I spent a lot of time on this thorn bush and I'm going to use it. <laughs> Only Dr. I want Satan. people to... I want people to die in rad ways! <laughs> <laughs> What's the point otherwise? Only Dr. Satan would uh, be so extra that he would be like, <laughs> This isn't good enough! <laughs> I wanted those three to die as fantastically as possible! So the requests I make on other rich ma- men will be more quickly granted. Bursting into blue fire spontaneously is not cool enough. <laughs> so saith me, Dr. Satan. <laughs> A chuckle sounded from the lips under the red mask. Dr. Satan walked to the stand on which the papyrus rested. He pulled out a drawer and took from it ten bundles of currency. <laughs> oh, hey, it's the cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And each bundle were thousand-dollar bills, and the band around each bundle proclaimed that each contained a hundred such bills. Oh. The first contribution, Dr. Satan said, from William H. Sterling, the most normal-sounding name to date. <laughs> The philanthropic manufacturer of automobiles, one million dollars. The young man stared at the heap of currency with glistening eyes, a fortune in such small compass that it could be concealed under a man's clothes. But now, at the same time, he seemed suddenly to sense the mockery of Dr. Satan's geniality and of his apparent frankness in disclosing his affairs. Color drained from his face, and more drained from it at Dr. Satan's next words. At Dr. Satan's next words. You know a great deal about me, don't you, Monroe? Monroe swallowed painfully, then straightened his shoulders in his former frightened defiance. Yes, he said a bit too loudly. Or it would probably more be like, yes! <coughs> he said a bit too loudly. I, I know a lot. I know your real name. A family name familiar to everyone in the United States. I know your philosophy of life. How you, an enormously wealthy man, tired of all the thrills that money can buy, have turned to crime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's just rich people screwing each other over. Okay, great. great. I know you as a cold-blooded monster <laughs> who, under the masquerade of Dr. Satan, intends to make your crimes pay as a part of your lawless game. I know how you have studied the occult and the scientific in preparation for this debut. And now I know how you control two of your murder tools, the blue flame and the tree of death. Dr. Satan's eyes bored into Monroe's till the younger man gripped the edge of the metal table for support. Having vertigo. (laughs) Yes. You know a lot, Monroe, he almost crooned. More than anyone else living. You wouldn't think of betraying me, would you? Not if you treat me fairly, Dr. Satan, faltered Monroe. (laughs) But if you try to double-cross me, you are lost. In a safe deposit box, which is to be opened by my lawyer in case an accident happened to me, there is a full account of yourself. His voice trailed off into a frightened squeak at the look in Dr. Satan's coal-black eyes. The red-clad figure appeared to loom taller and taller till it almost filled the room. And now all the defiance was gone from Monroe's posture, leaving only the fright. What are you going to do? He panted. What? 
Again, his voice trailed off. But this time it ended in a thickness like that of beginning sleep. Dr. Satan's eyes, glittering, ruthless, held Monroe's eyes. Oh shit, he can hypnotize people! (laughs) Dr. Satan's hand passed slowly before Monroe's face. The monkey-like man in the legless... I I think they just... I, I think we... I think, given all the other information we have, we have to take that at face value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like some weird chimera or something. The monkey-like man in the legless giant watched from the wall. You are asleep! Dr. Satan's voice sounded somnolently in the silence. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. You are asleep! <laughs> Sacramento's room. I am asleep, breathed Monroe. Wide glassy eyes fixed on the red mask. You will tell me all you know and all you hope to do! I will tell you all I know and all I hope to do. What were your plans concerning me? <laughs> For a second, Monroe's still features twisted, as though even in hypnosis his will fought to avoid answering that question. Then his lips moved mechanically. I was going to inform the police how to find you when you collected your next looted million. Then I was going to take the money you got from Sterling and the seeds of death tree and the seeds of the death tree and the chemicals for the blue flame and collect more money myself. It is enough, said Dr. Satan, still in the almost gentle voice. Nope. The monkey-like man and the legless giant, who can never be mentioned apart, looked at each other. Dr. Satan had pronounced a death sentence. Dr. Satan spoke to them, eyes never leaving Monroe's face. Gus, Bostiff. The two moved towards Monroe. The monkey-like man known as Gurs hopped like a deformed ape. Bostiff hitched his giant torso over the floor with his thick arms, using his calloused knuckles as feet. Oh, what is he happening? actually okay. He's Sebulba. We, <laughs> we we have full confirmation. <laughs> this is the legitimately Bostiff. Bostiff hitched his way to one wall. Legitimately, a legless man and a monkey man. We have yep. full confirmation. <laughs> yeah, thank you, badass. Bostiff hitched his way to one wall, pushed back the sable drapes, and drew from a three-foot niche a coffin-like box that gleamed dully in the red light. Oh, shit. Ooh. Bury his ass alive. Dr. Satan's hand went out. He plucked three hairs from Monroe's blonde head. Oh, he's fucked. Oh, no. (laughs) He laid the hairs on a small pile of the yellowish powder on the metal foot. (laughs) You don't get a spectacular death. You get the basic bitch death. (laughs) That's how little I care about you, Monroe. You will lie down in the box, Monroe, he drowned. The blonde young man walked with jerky steps in the metal coffin and lay down in it. The lid, Bostiff. Picking up the massive iron cover of the coffin as easily as though it were a pot lid, the legless giant put it on the box. Then, without further orders, he dragged the metal coffin back to its niche in the wall and slid it home in the surrounding stonework. Dr. Satan picked up a pinch of the yellowish powder and crumbled it sharply in his fingers. The the tiny heap on the table burst into blue flame. The three blonde hairs writhed and were consumed. The end of the metal coffin, showing from the niche, was suddenly red hot, then glowing with white incandescence. Slowly it faded to deep, hot red in a color, and back to black. Urse and Bostiff watched stolidly. If ever an investigator opened that box, nothing would be found but a pinch of ashes. A pinch of ashes that had been a man planning to betray the master. Dr. Satan's voice sounded harshly, calmly, nope. (laughs) Danger has... 
Danger has been eliminated from within. Now no one on Earth knows my real identity. It remains only to eliminate danger from without. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it makes sense, but it's yeah, a weird old way of talking. Yeah, this is very strange. Ostiff spoke, his dull eyes fixed on Dr. Satan's mask. The uh, danger from without, Master? Hey, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Satan's eyes glowed green. Whoa! Yes. Whoa. <laughs> the danger that lies in Ascot Kane. The name crackled out in the still room. There is the only danger I recognize. The police? Ludicrous! <laughs> Private detectives? Bodyguards hired by wealthy victims. They are children! But <laughs> in Ascot Keen lies a threat. Children! The red... <laughs> the red-gloved hand touched the light switch. Slowly, the red bulbs faded out, bathing the room in a lowering darkness like that of a lurid rapid, ons- <clears throat> rapid sunset. Rapid onset sunset. Rapid onset sunset. It's my favorite <laughs> drum and bass outfit. <laughs> But the threat of Ascot Keen is to be removed at once. Walstead saw him. Walstead showed him the note Keen will act on that knowledge. And with that action, he will be trapped. Pure darkness held the windowless room. In the darkness, Dr. Satan's voice concluded, Ascot Keen shall die! Then there was silence, broken only by the sound of breathing. The breathing of two men, Gers and Bostiff. Dr. Satan was gone. He teleports. Cool. Oh my, yes. Oh, this yes. is this is great. Holy shit. I was oh, I was so very cool. I was I was very very worried this was not going to like live up to how much we hyped it. It is <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, it has overdelivered. <laughs> Dr. Satan rules so fucking much. So fucking cool. Oh, this is so good. Like I, I, I was with you because I was thought, oh, it's probably gonna be something kind of boring, kind of like yeah. watch. But then, holy shit, it went above and beyond. I, was, I didn't. I was worried we were gonna have another white worm on our hands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Oh, uh, man. How'd you kill him? Ancient Egyptian magic. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't cool enough to kill the others. I had to also. I'm keeping tabs of how many women I make faint in the process. <laughs> Doctor Satan fucks. <laughs> I know everything about you. Well, end Time of you. Let's. I'm just going let's, to do you. I'm going to put you in this box, and then I'm going to get, not even give you the dignity of a tree in the head. No, you get the burning. Let's 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 go over everything we know about Doctor Satan. <laughs> I can't wait for the weird name that he actually has. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> With characters like Gerst, Bostiff, Ascot, Keen, like... Billings, Lurton. He kills lazy millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> he is himself, in fact, very wealthy, but got bored and decided to start <laughs> killing other millionaires. Start killing people um, with ancient Egyptian magic. Pretty baller. He has ancient Egyptian magic fire. <laughs> um, he has he seeds has, for death he, plants. He has Eats for death plants, he can jostle you and make you inhale. <laughs> he, he has two servants. <laughs> fucking die. <laughs> and there's still 
chapters. <laughs> Holy shit. Nursing <laughs> positive. <laughs> does that legs? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and he can teleport. Yes, it was. Oh, oh. Okay. We're going to see him get in this battle with this wannabe uh this wannabe Bruce Wayne slash Philip Marlowe. Um I can only hope that the six installments are all this good cuz if so we have a lot of content to get through. This is so Holy good. Shit. I fucking Okay, you know what's funny too is you you read or you listen to people's parodies of pulp novels and you know they're good because this is not a parody. This is earnest and yet it reads like a fucking parody. It, it's the thing that like I want to like make or see of just like reckless abandonment in goofy camp nonsense and it's just so pure and amazing. I would Can, love to I see someone love, make like a YouTube just, film out of this. This would be so fucking fun. I want this to be played completely straight. Yes. No, yeah, like, no. No I hints of self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Hold on. Abyss me. Yeah. This is Dr. Fibes. I was thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is what you get. You get really entertaining stuff with these just amazing set pieces and these amazing characters. <laughs> like, I wish we had more shit like this. Ah, uh, this is wonderful. I'm in love with this. <laughs> so, I, yeah, stay tuned. I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> God, I mean, we, I really enjoyed our last episode. That was really fun. But we're on a fun. we're on a fucking roll. This year's began great. Yeah, yeah strong ass, strong ass January. Oh yes. Okay, so the four of us have got to convene again soon to do more of this, right? Yes. Like we're gonna do yes, more yes, of this, yes. right? Oh no, I don't care. I don't care if this gets one view. We're doing more of this. Yeah. <laughs> hey everyone, uh if you enjoyed this, uh please uh and if you would like to see additional content, please donate to the Creative Horror Patreon. Mhm. Um patreon.com/creativehorror. Um and there's all sorts of bonus content going up including a new monthly series called Alan Drinks and Watches a Movie. <laughs> Uh, spend like 25 minutes drunkenly stumbling through uh, the plot of Above the Shadows. That's a thing you can do. <laughs> um, the, the dregs for this episode are going to be pretty good too, and those are available uh, in on Patreon as well. Uh, any donation level. We're working on a process of like removing the tiers that existed. I mean, no, I, I appreciate people who haven't been willing to do tiers for all this time, but I don't know if we need tiers anymore. It's just everybody... At any level, is going to get everything. Yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you about tears. That you... I, I'll tell you about tears. I have tears literally coming out of my fucking eyes. <laughs> Wait till we read more of this. Holy oh. shit! I, I hope... It may taper off. Who knows? But I'm 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 hoping that we just have batshit crazy nonsense every installment. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I, this again, Batman didn't re- Batman didn't hit us until like. The what thirty nine forty? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is this is just proto. This is just proto Batman. This is inverse Batman. A rich dude who's <laughs> bored, so he commits crime. <laughs> well, Ascot Keen is also a rich dude, isn't he? I, I ostensibly, yeah. Like he has a nice ebony furniture, or he did. This <laughs> is just up in blue flame. <laughs> you ruined that. Was such a good set. 
dueling, dueling, together. dueling Batmans. <laughs> This is this is dueling play Playboy rich boys. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> One is good. One is evil. Both love capitalism. Uh, 1939. Yes. 39. Okay, so this is 35. 35. Yeah, four mm-hmm. years before. Damn. Okay. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're we're doing this. So uh, yeah, until next time, intrepid listeners. Stay- same Satan time, same <laughs> Satan network. Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of CreativeHorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at CreativeHorror.com. <laughs>